Grace, mercy, and peace be to you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. After the long, soaking rain, the kids were eager to get outside and play. Of course, now the ground was absolutely soaked, and the kids quickly found out that they could dig their toes into the ground and make a muddy mess. The next thing you know, the kids are not just sticking their toes in the mud, but they are sitting in the mud, making mud pies, smearing it all over their clothes, putting it in their face and in their hair. After about a half an hour of this, it was time for the kids to come inside. Well, they tried to go in, but they were stopped at the door. You shall not pass. There was no way on earth that mom or dad were going to let these filthy kids into their clean house. The kids needed to be cleaned. The lepers, they were covered with disease. They wished that they were only covered with mud. They couldn't get into the walls of the city. They were completely cut off from their family, from their friends, from their work. The Jews were cut off from the community of the faithful, unable to worship in the synagogue or at the temple. All of them were unclean, unable to pass into the lives of others and the worship of God. They stood off at a distance, at the gate, hoping to be cleansed. The kids, of course, had to wait outside until mom and dad came to clean them off. And mom and dad brought with them a large bucket of warm, soapy water. They peeled off the outer layers of mud-caked clothes, but with their shirts off, they still had these sleeves of mud. Parents had to gently wash away the mud from their arms, from their legs, from their face, try to get it out of their hair. And after they were cleansed, a a clean towel was placed over them, and then finally they were allowed inside. The lepers, they waited outside the city until they saw Jesus approaching. Though he was headed toward Jerusalem, he stopped when he heard their cries for mercy. With the command of his word, the ten leprous men were cleansed, and they were sent to the priest for for verification and for permission to enter back into society, to enter into the worship life again. Now, all ten were cleansed. All were walking on their way, anticipating this reunion with their family and, and with their community. The kids with the fresh towels wrapped around them, the mud washed away, They tore into the house to go find some toys to play with. One, though, stopped after a couple of strides, turned around, hurried back to see mom and dad. And she was going to say a simple thank you, but when she came to the door, she saw mom and dad who are now covered head to toe in the mud that they had washed off of their kids. And the little girl said, You can't come in here like that. You need a bath. The Samaritan man who had been cleansed of his leprosy didn't about face. He alone returned to Jesus, praising God and 
and kneeling at Jesus' feet in worship. And he was a Samaritan. The Samaritan leopard thanked Jesus for for hearing and for answering his plea for mercy. Here this, this foreigner sees Jesus with the eyes of faith. The eyes of faith that perceive Jesus is the one who washes away not just the leprosy of the, of the skin, but the, the sin of the world. And the one who is covered with it in the cleaning process. The muddy children and the, the, the lepers in Luke's gospel have a few, few things in common. They are dirty. They're unclean. They're unable to enter into their houses. Unless they are cleaned by someone other than themselves, they would remain in an unclean state and separated from their families. They needed to be washed by someone who had the power to cleanse them of their filth. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we have something in common with those muddy children and with the lepers. Each and every one of us was dirty and unclean, not with mud, not with leprosy, but with sin. Like the kids who played in the mud, we've actually enjoyed the sins of our flesh. I mean, how much fun is it to smear a little dirt on someone else or about someone else? How enjoyable is it to to step on someone's reputation so that it squishes up between your toes. I mean, don't we giggle and squeal with, with excitement as we make great celebrations for our achievements or invest so much in our homes or think so much of me, myself, and I when in reality, they're just mud pies and mud castles and where we ourselves are caked in mud. We're dirty. We're dirty and unclean. Like the Samaritan leper, who was a double outcast, we ourselves were outcasts from God. Well, the Samaritan was separated from his family, put out of his house and community because of the disease of his flesh. But even if that disease was cleansed, he was still separated by birth from the Israelites. He's a Samaritan. He wasn't a Jew. He was outside. He was an outsider. He was unclean. Couldn't t- partake in the worship in the temple. Just like him, we too were born sinful and unclean, not naturally a child of God, but wallowing in the mud pits of Satan. All of our righteous deeds were like dirty rags. We're dirty, and we needed to be clean. Like the parents before in the story, those of you who are parents now, you know that when you try to wash your children, you never stay clean yourself. No matter how it works, every time a child or a parent bathes a child, the mud, the dirt, the bubbles, the water, whatever it is, parents end up wearing it, right? That's the same for Jesus. Well, he comes to clean us. It's not the mud, the dirt, the water. It's our sin that he ends up wearing. As Jesus had come to clean his creation from sin and its effects, 
he ends up wearing it all. Like the parents who were left outside the door covered in mud from cleaning their kids, so too was Jesus covered and caked with our sin. As Jesus cleansed the ten of their leprosy, so too did Jesus bear the effects of sin in this world. As the parents who were outside the house covered with the mud of their kids, Jesus remained outside the walls of Jerusalem as he suffered, as he died on the cross. Covered in your filth and sin. He did all this for you, you know. The sin that you were born in, he put on himself in the waters of holy baptism. The sin that you committed, he wore like a garment. But the good news is, Jesus takes all of this sin to the cleaner. As he wore our sins on the cross, the divine wrath of God was poured out on him as if fire fell from the sky, purging away all the filth, all the dirt, all the sin. This was God's justice in action. This was God dealing with the sin of humanity. But this was his plan of divine mercy because it was directed at Jesus and not at you and me. So that you and I could be cleansed cleansed from all sin and unrighteousness, and then wrapped, wrapped in his righteousness like a clean kid in a towel, allowed to enter into his house, to be reunited with his family, the church, to join in giving thanks and praise as we serve and obey him from the time that we are baptized until now. That's how faith sees Jesus. He is God in the flesh who mercifully makes us clean. And as his cleansed children, we now become stewards of mercy. Of course, we think of time, talent, and treasure when we think of that word stewardship, but I I want you to think beyond those categories. For you are a steward of Christ's mercy. Mercy that was shown to you But it's true that this gift that was shown to you isn't just for you alone. For the image of God that we were created in, that was covered in the thick layer of of muddy sin, that has been, uh, it didn't reflect the the, uh, God's image to the rest of creation. But since we have been washed by the blood of the Lamb, now that image is restored. And now we reflect His mercy to the rest of creation. Mercy was shown to us, but not just to us so that we would hold on to it or or that we would hide it in a box, but that it would be lived out in our lives as God's people here and now in this time and place. As the Samaritan leper returned to Jesus, he worshipped him. He fell down on his face. He thanked him for his Lord's cleansing. And then this man was sent on his way. He was set free to reflect the Lord's mercy to his family, to his friends, to his community. I mean, can you imagine what profound joy this man now had? Can you imagine that reunion that he had with his wife and with his children, able to embrace them again for the first time in who knows how long? 
Can you fathom the depth of gratitude that he had as he was able to freely walk back into his town? And then as each person in his community saw this outward change of the cleansed man, I wonder what sort of words he used to describe what Jesus had done. I was leprous, and the Lord said, be clean, and I was. I bet he couldn't keep his mouth shut. I mean, could you? See, faith responds to God's love and his mercy by returning thanks and praise where it's due. I mean, quite simply, it means worshiping the Lord Jesus, who with the Father and the Holy Spirit has rescued us from the mud pit of sin and death. He was the one who had has promised to be with his people where his word is proclaimed, where his supper, supper is offered, and where his waters are ready to wash. He is present to hear our collective cry for mercy and to answer it with his presence to wash, to forgive, to strengthen. The Lord does all this through his word. Just as he has done for the lepers, so he does also for us. As we're gathered here in this place, we're encountering Christ. We receive his mercy for us, and we worship him in returning thanks to him. This is so central in our lives of discipleship, our lives of being stewards, our lives of following after Jesus. It's so central, in fact, that when you look at the time and talent sheet, those are the first three things in there about our lives of worshiping the one who shows mercy to us. As you're able to gather, come. Gather in Christ's name, for he is present to hear our cries for mercy and wash us anew. Faith responds to God's love and his mercy by being part of the story. Not just tell the story, God has shown you mercy in Christ Jesus. You don't just tell the story. You are part of the story. Just like the the leprous man. He is part of that story now because mercy has changed him. Your lives have been changed by the mercy of Christ. And now your history stretches back to Adam, to Eve, to Abel, to Seth, to Noah, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to David, to Ruth, to Isaiah, to Jeremiah, to Malachi, Peter, James, Titus, Timothy, and even the Samaritan leper. For the same Jesus who these men and women looked to in faith and received mercy, it's the same Jesus who's proclaimed here today. You are part of the story. Of course, that wonderful thing about being part of the story is that we live out our story, each according to our vocations. We live as Christian husbands and fathers, Christian wives and mothers, as Christian aunts and uncles, as Christian employees and Christian students. Each one of us has had the filth of our sin washed away in Christ, and now we are mirrors. Mirrors of Jesus' mercy to reflect that mercy to everyone that we come in contact with. On top of that, we're, we're members of this congregation. And we have the privilege of reflecting Christ's 
Christ's mercy together as this congregation to each other and to our community. As we do things like knit and quilt and open our doors for the BSO and the dementia support group, the Exodus refugees who are here on Friday night, as we pray for and support various missionaries, as we lift up the ministry of University Lutheran and and Trinity Lutheran in Ellettsville, as we serve with our Christian child care and preschool, as we study God's Word together in Confirmation, Jesus Company, and Fly, and as we gather together in this place to worship, to praise, to give thanksgiving in the presence of Christ, see, we are now both living and telling the story of Christ's mercy. It's amazing. I wonder where the Lord of the church is going to lead us in the coming years to live out his story next. It is exciting to be walking together as we discover other opportunities to live as his stewards of mercy in this time and this place. And as we discover those opportunities together, as we build upon what we have already been blessed with, you and I, well, we'll continue to cry out for mercy. And we'll continue to be confident that the Lord continues to come and, and wash us as He does and has done in our baptism. As we slip into our old habits of slinging mud, and as we come again to repent, be assured, Christ stands ready to cleanse He doesn't stand at the gate saying, you shall not pass, but rather he invites you to come so that you might be washed once again. Remember, you are baptized. You are part of his story. He has had mercy on you, a poor, miserable sinner though you are, and he has made you clean. You reflect his mercy to others as he has restored his image in you. For you are a steward of mercy. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus, the merciful one. Amen.